final hour. Tyler's up there at the Omni in OKC. Final stop for the Sooner Caravan. I'm hanging out here at Newcastle Casino. And uh, on that note, we had University of Oklahoma head football coach Brent Venables on to uh, to talk about that final caravan stop and the upcoming camps and a couple other things going on. Here was Coach Venables on with us earlier today. Brent. Teddy said that he will do a magic show tonight at the at the event to help sell the last few remaining tickets if you want him to. That's what he said. I've been waiting on him to, to do something to contribute somehow, some way to, to Sooner football. Yeah, it wouldn't you know, be the first gave, disappearing act I put years. off. We gave him a free ride. My man, my man you're in a, a lot of debt, Chief. I know. I know. That's, that, is the, uh, that is the absolute truth. <laughs> well, hey, I gotta, I gotta clear something up with you because I keep hearing everywhere. I mean, it doesn't matter radio, television, online. Should I even expect you guys to to win a game this year? I mean, you've never been a head coach before. I don't know if you, you you're experienced enough to get the the organization and the uh, the players together. I don't know if you guys can, you know, book the rooms on the road. Like it's chaos up there it has to be <laughs> uh, that's a good question uh hey we're about to find out <laughs> hey look look you know here's what i would say is um obviously i know people know my background i've been around uh, three hall of fame coaches and bill snyder bob stoops and soon to be Dabo sweeney uh you know all i've been a part of is success i've been very fortunate I've um, never been on a losing team. Don't know what that looks like. Um, I know what the opposite looks like. And been able to, again, be fortunate enough to be a, a coach and a coordinator on a bunch of – and a leader of a bunch of amazing units and players, the, the best of the best at the top of the food chain, whether that's a guy like yourself that's uh, been a Budkiss guy and a multiple All-American and, and countless others or to be the number one defense in college football at multiple stops. Um, you know, coaching is leading. Coaching is inspiring. Coaching is developing. Coaching is challenging. Coaching is responding. Coaching is inspiring. Coaching uh, is, is, is responding to adversity. Coaching is strategy. Uh, coaching is connecting, relationship building. Um, coaching is taking somebody – or a unit, people, a group, to places they can't take themselves. So whether you're, you're a position coach or you're a coordinator uh, or you're the head coach, um, it's, those things are all the same, and you're either good at it or you're not. You're either good at getting more out of less or you're not. Um, you know how to, uh, you know, you, you know me, like I've been somebody that has shown up on 10 my whole career. That's what I do. My, my mindset is if I don't, they won't. And um, I've got to be the example. And I've always taken a lot of pride in being a great example. Um, certainly haven't had my head in the sand. And, um, you know, I've, uh, from a big picture standpoint, maybe it's how you practice. That's what a head coach decides. But he gets, you know, he's taking in input from all of his assistants. How do you, when do you give him some time off? Um, when do you pull back? When do you push and press? Those are all things that you're doing in your own uh, segments and your own sides of the ball anyway. Every single one of those things I just said. So 
getting guys to play, compete, have the right mindset. That's what every coach uh, is supposed to do, and some are better than others at doing it, obviously. And so all those same, those are all transferable skills. You know, just those are all the same transferable skills. And so leading is leading. And uh, instead of 50 guys, I'm leading, you know, 100 guys. And, um, you know, to me, you know, there's a, a certain degree where you got to be the face of the program. Um, I love that. You know, it's a huge responsibility. Um, but I'm passionate about what I do, where I do it, and who I do it with. And so it's an easy, uh, genuine, authentic sale for me um, because I'm invested in this community and this university and the success of this program. Um, you know, so I've got, you know, long-standing you know, 20-plus year relationship. So, and then I've hired this amazing staff. Any head coach will tell you the key to his success. There's a few keys. You got to have good players, right? You got to have good players. You don't need a bunch of five stars. That that's that's a false reality right there. You know, that's that's just false. Uh, some people uh, believe that's the only way you can do it. Do you need some, you know, fabulous players? Absolutely. Um, do you develop them? Yep, you got it. How many stars were you, Teddy? Uh, I think I predate the star system, but judging off of that era, probably yeah, you, somewhere you probably in the two a range. Three star guy, you you would have been a three star guy. And uh, Kerry yeah, after knows after hey, you Kerry, guys Kerry offered given me you a three, he might have given you a three. But my point is, you became a multi year All American, an amazing college football player. Um, you won the Budkus Award. You uh, was a, a Bednarik Award winner. I mean, you were the best of the best. That's development. And I'm not trying to take. Um, uh, uh, credit for that, but my point is the development piece is a very real. So learning how to develop uh, the right way is, is a big part of it and finding the right people because the people always make the place, right? So that's part of coaching too is identif- identifying uh, players and, and, um, and recruiting them in, to fit into your particular system. So um, I've got an amazing staff okay, that um, can do all those things that I just said. I've, these are long-standing relationships. I didn't just find these guys out of the clouds like these guys this is a very intentional let me find the guys that are right fit for me that right fit for oklahoma the right fit for this for this time for me so um you know i've got an amazing staff i'm that's you know i'm just one person and uh so i got to be able to connect with the staff i got to be able to um i've got to be able to uh, articulate the vision of the program in, in a way that um that the people connect to that um that can rehearse those same beliefs and to those same standards, because I can't be everywhere at once. And so whether that's a strength coach, whether that's elite recovery, whether that's sports science, that's nutrition, uh, that's academics, um, that's administration, everybody has a role. My job is to articulate the vision, make sure everybody has a very clear understanding of what our values are, what our standards are, and what the game plan is, and then you go execute it. So, um, you know, like, like I said, I kind of snicker at it just because I, and again, I, it's no disrespect. Um, you know, I'm, I'm excited for the challenge. Like what, let, let, let me just say this too. Like what we do is like incredibly hard and difficult and challenging uh, to win. Um, it's all of those things um, to win consistently. Um, you can double down on that, how difficult it is. And so that's not an easy thing to do. What we're, Getting ready to go into the season and managing all of it is not an easy thing to do whatsoever. It's really hard. It's very challenging. And, um, and, but I've been a part of that for since 1993, my first year as a student assistant. That's, you know, going on 30 years. 
And so I know exactly what that looks like. You step into this arena in any role, that's what you're signing up for. And so, um, you know, again, I've, I've been equipped. I've been empowered. Um, I've been developed. I've been scarred up along the way. We all need that. And um, I've just had some ama- amazing influences to prepare me for this moment. So this was the right one for me for all the right reasons. It's Oklahoma. You know, incredible alignment uh, from the top with Joe Harris and Joe Castiglione and uh, uh, Zach and Larry and so many people, my family and this community and our children were born here. This was this was an easy one for me. And um, and, and I wouldn't have taken this job if, if I wasn't prepared for it, if I didn't know exactly what I'm getting myself into. So but it's always hard, whether you're the assistant, you're you're uh, you know, you're you're the. GA in the weight room, uh, or you're the head coach. It's all hard. There's nothing about what we do that's easy. You're dealing with 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22 year old young people, and you got to get them to buy in. You got to motivate them. You got to hold them accountable. You got to you got to get the best out of them every day. Um, you got to develop them holistically. Um, you get you got to you get them to you know again uh, meet the standard each and every day and uh, and compete at the highest level. So. Um, you know that's the the fun part is just being in this profession. There's a it's result driven, and um, but I've been this is like I'm a pig in mud uh, in so many ways, and I just got to have the final say on 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 a bunch of things. And but you know, uh, you know I've surrounded myself with good counsel and uh, a bunch of wise people um, that can help me. And uh, and that's what every head coach I've been around has relied on as well is is you know differing opinions. And at, at some point you got to make put your stamp on it but uh, i've got a you know a well-versed staff too that um that can also be you know again foundationally kind of help me guide this thing the right way so i can't do it alone but that's a great question uh, hopefully I, I covered that for you but uh, we ready yeah you nailed it. hey uh before we get you out of here brents I- i'm curious um Talk about your upcoming camps that you have coming up this summer, Brent Venables, footballcamp.com. Will uh, Jimmy Greenbeans be making an appearance at any of those summer camps this year? Oh, you know he's coming. You know that. <laughs> hey, that's like the secret weapon. I'd be, that, would be, uh, that would be negligent of me if I didn't make sure he was there. So he, he's going to be there. But, no, yeah, you know, again, our football camps are incredibly um, – uh, vital to the growth of our program and development. It's the backbone of what we do. Um, it's about relationships. It's about developing and finding guys that, um, that are football players, not great combine guys, but are great football players. And I want to, I want to see how I want to put them in stressful situations and see how they respond and see how they lead and see if they have competitive stamina. Um, I want to see how they organically are able to develop relationships with our players. I want our players to work our camp, to be alongside with their position coaches and have a new appreciation for what a coach goes through, why why Johnny won't open up to the right when you asked him and showed him and demonstrated to him to open up to the right and he didn't do it, you know, how hard coaching is. And, uh, and then be great recruiters, our players, to be great uh, ambassadors for our program, the face of our program. That's the best resource that we have and our football program are our players. Um, every single thing about our players is what makes that the best resource. So um, I want, you know, to use our camps to attract other high-quality uh, young people and their families. And um, so that's a great opportunity. And, and, of course, you didn't ask me about it, but our ladies' clinic, all you ladies that are out there, it's coming. It's coming quickly. 
All right, leave the husbands at home, the boyfriends at home, the sons at home, and this is for the ladies only, July 16th. And uh, we're going to go about from, give or take, around 8 to 4. It's going to be a blast. It's going to be educational. It's going to be at the Lloyd Noble, an air-conditioned uh, arena, but it's going to be a lot of fun. Good music, great demonstrations. We're going to, uh, in the in the most simplest terms, we're going to learn the game of football and uh, some new terminology, some drills, some plays. Um, our players are going to be an active part of this as well. Um, we'll do a few demonstrations. We'll have some volunteers. Uh, and some of the things that uh, we do with our program, everything that touches our our program, every different area from a programmatic standpoint is going to demonstrate as well and put on a some level of a clinic, if you will. So that's nutrition, um, that's strength and conditioning, that's elite recovery, that's sports science, that's soul mission. Everybody will have an opportunity. We're really going to pull the curtain back, lift the cushions up, peel that onion all the way to the core to, to really show you what our program's all about. We're going to have a lot of local vendors will also be a, a part of that uh, so that you can do some shopping while you're there. Who doesn't love to shop, spend some money? And uh, and then, like I said, we're going to have some food, and, and uh, it's going to be a blast. It's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, But that's the support of the 212 Foundation. Again, that's, that's to support uh, the American Cancer Society, domestic abuse, addiction. And uh, so that's what that's uh, going to support in 212 degrees. We know that's where you get boiling water, but at 211, it's just hot water. And so just one degree more uh, with, the, with the mindset of just care a little more, love a little more, support a little more, give a little more. And uh, so that's what the 212 Degree Foundation is all about. Ladies Clinic will go to support uh, uh, an amazing cause both locally and, and regionally in those areas. I'm going to have to send my wife to that, Coach. It took me 10 years to finally explain to her <laughs> that I wasn't a lineman. Uh, it, you know, it was just I'm going to have to put her through the paces out there. That's going to be cool. Hey, man, we appreciate you jumping on. Know, know you're super busy out there. Uh, never slows down, and we appreciate the work that your guys are putting in. And, uh, yeah, go out and see those camps, BrentVenablesFootballCamp.com, and then um, the ladies' camp coming up July 16th there at the Lloyd Noble. Going to be awesome. Thanks, Coach. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on, man. Y'all have a great uh, Memorial weekend. There you go. There's head coach Brent Venables. Appreciate him stopping by the show earlier. I love it. The intensity, the passion that this guy has, it is, uh, it is unmatched, and it's a whole lot of fun. He's going to be out here tonight at the OU Coaches Caravan in Oklahoma City, live at the Omni Hotel. Still got time. This thing isn't getting kicked off for about another hour and 15 minutes. Soonersports.com slash caravan. You can get your tickets. 6.30 start time. Britt Venables, Ginny Baranchek, and Porter Moser are going to be here along with Joe Castiglione. We'll come back with more next. It is The Rush right here on The Ref. We're the home of Sooner fans. Final hour of The Rush, live at the Omni Hotel in Oklahoma City, getting ready for the OU Coaches Caravan. Final stop, man, we've been all over the place. Tulsa, Amarillo, Duncan, Houston, Dallas, Wichita, and now finally to Oklahoma City. The crowds have been great at all these Coaches Caravans, and uh, a ton of ref listeners, man. I'm telling you, a ton of ref listeners are already rolling in, showing us the app, claiming their free T-shirts. Someone just asked where Teddy was, to which I rolled my eyes and said, yeah, right, he ain't going to be here. Um, Your four-day weekend coming up has been a popular topic. I uh, I mentioned that I hope that you at least have to do some yard work this weekend, but everyone seems pretty convinced that you're just going to stare at the TV for the next four days and do absolutely nothing. So that's that's what uh, everyone's saying here at least. Yeah, well, I 
What? What is that from the text line? No, I just said people have been coming up and saying that. Oh, I got you. Well, I'm glad that there's a lot of people showing God, up. And... Someone's already on their four-day weekend is what it sounds like to me. <laughs> Jeez. Well, hey, give me give me a little bit of slack here. There's a lot of distraction going on around here at Newcastle Casino. A lot of good stuff happening. I can tell. I can tell. Yeah. All right, uh, big, big news of the day is the kickoff times that were announced. If you have not heard – UTEP, the season opener, is going to be at 2.30. It's going to feel like the face of the sun that afternoon in Norman. That game's Mm. on Fox. Week two, Kent State is at home, 6 p.m. kick. Not pay-per-view. It's going to be ESPN+. At Nebraska, week three, 11 a.m. on Fox. And the Iowa State game has been moved from Thursday, October 27th, to Saturday, October 29th. No kickoff time announced there. So last year, and it was right about this time, where the 11 a.m. kickoff for OU Nebraska and Norman was announced, and Joe Castiglione put out a statement via social media. He right. nor OU was very happy about that. Now, it's a different situation, but do you think Joe Castiglione is upset at all that, once again, OU Nebraska is at 11 a.m.? Uh, well, I think he's way less upset about it because it's in Lincoln. You know, part of the... Part of the thing here was it was going to be a huge recruiting weekend. Remember how big it was supposed to be, and um, going to have a bunch of bunch of recruits in, and it just makes that process way more difficult whenever it's at eleven o'clock. And I think that was the frustration. So, yeah, I think Joe would probably prefer that OU plays in prime time on every Saturday, but I doubt there's the the level of anger as there was last year whenever you're hosting it you know because it yeah. doesn't it doesn't, doesn't nearly affect you and the community directly around the the stadium nearly as much i guess fox has a quadruple header that day week three. Oh, you nebraska is at 11 a.m byu and oregon is at 2 30 that's a sneaky good game byu and oregon Toledo and Ohio State's at 6, and then Fresno and USC is at 9.30. That's a pretty good quadruple header, um, especially for college football on week three of the season. So um, let's hope best-case scenario for that day, who cares what happens in the second and third game? You beat Nebraska, and USC suffers their first loss of the year to Fresno. I feel like that's the first game this year that we're going to be watching and saying, Oh yeah, this is this is definitely a game where USC could lose. Let's go. How how much are we underplaying how good USC could be? Um, I I don't think very much. I think that defi- here's the thing: at quarterback, will they be good? Maybe. Did this guy really improve throughout the offseason, or was NIL more of a focus right. for this kid? I, I don't know. I mean, we're going to see. But even if Caleb Williams is good, is he going to be put in a situation and an environment to succeed at a high level with an offensive line that is still going to be very shaky and a running game that may be non-existent with that offensive line? And plus, defensively, man, you know, they've added a lot of nice names offensively. They have, and it's good in theory. Not so much defensively, man, or at least that I've seen. Defensively, right. they're going to have a lot of issues. So the game plan, I think, is really simple. You're going to have to outscore a whole lot of teams this year, but you're going to have to try to do it with a subpar offensive line. There's a lot of recipes for success, 
That's not necessarily one of them. And I don't care if you play in a bad conference or not. Oh, you played in a bad conference last year, and they were still a shaky team. I just don't see a real scenario here where USC throws up an 11-1 or 10-2 season. Yeah, and I'm, I'm with you on that. The only the only thing that has me really questioning, like, what they're – I'm not talking about how good of a team they are. I'm talking about the record is, like, their first six games of the season are against teams that haven't won jack squat, not necessarily just recently, but really ever. Rice – Stanford, Fresno, Oregon State, Arizona State, and Washington State. I mean, their first six games of the season, I a decent college football team, like a top 25 college football team that's legitimate top 25, walks through the first six weeks of that season with their eyes closed and wins all of those games by three scores. Yeah, uh, but we've seen a lot of teams here recently, right, where you think that OU should win by three touchdowns with their eyes closed, and I that know. didn't happen, right? And, and one thing to – you're right about the first six opponents. They're, they're not good. Some of those are making strides. Oregon State's making strides, it feels like. Fresno State has been a good program here recently. But USC has no business losing to any of those six opponents. But the same thing at USC will be true as it was for OU. Whatever Oregon State's best shot is, whatever Washington State's best shot is, whatever Fresno's best shot is, USC is going to get it, man. They do not have the luxury of sneaking up on someone, even though they're a 4-8 and team. USC is still a brand name, and with all the offseason hype, those teams are going to try to knock USC off. They, they, they will get everyone's attention, and I just don't think that they have so much talent where they can you know, just stroll through a game, even against an Oregon State, where that could be a season maker for Oregon State that game, you, you know what I mean? So, yeah. yeah but they're going to have to. They're going to have to be a very consistent football team right out of the gate. Yeah, I I have a feeling they're going to win a lot of games, but they're going to get blasted by Utah, and they're going to get blasted by Notre Dame. Um, other than that, they don't play. They don't play anyone that has done any because they don't play Oregon. They haven't done. They don't play anyone that's done anything in college football in a long, long time. Uh, and some of the teams that they play are have been god awful recently. Uh, they they have. Let's see. One, two, three, four, five. At least five games on their schedule against teams that had a losing record last year. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. I mean, you and I see that. I think everyone else in the country sees that. That's why lose to a couple of those teams along with getting destroyed by Utah and, uh, you know, Notre Dame this year. Like, if USC were to go 7-5 and and lose to some of those bad teams, then – I'm sure that'll be hype going into 2023, but maybe the wool will start being pulled over uh, 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 people's eyes a little bit, you know, like revealing a little bit, but maybe this isn't the golden situation everyone thinks it is. Is that the band? Yeah, the band's here. Um, I've not seen the band yet at any of 
these caravans, but I guess it makes sense that they're in Oklahoma City. Oh, you're telling me the band didn't stage. travel out to Amarillo for the They Sioux thought caravan? about it, yeah. They were like, nah, this storm is going to be out west. We may not want to. <laughs> what are you ordering tonight at Bob's Chop House? Man, I'm glad you brought that up. So, Casey and Brian, the owners of the station, are right next to me. Let me, like, turn my back to where they don't see it. <laughs> What's the play here, man? Because there's several people. I don't know. There's probably going to be a party of, like, eight at dinner. Like, TJ's here. Parker's here. Do I kind of sit and wait back and see what they order? No. Do I just order what Brian orders? Or do I just take charge and say, give me the Philip Mignon. Let's go. When someone invites you to dinner at Bob's Chop House, they know what they're in for, okay? So there's no holding back. Now, I'm not telling you to order a $500 bottle of wine. I'm just saying that you don't invite people to Bob's Chop House and expect them to, like, get a salad. That's not how it works. But you, like, that, that also doesn't mean that you have to order the most expensive, like, tomahawk ribeye or something just it if it's like any of the bobs i've been to before it doesn't matter what you order it's going to be great and do you like cooked carrots uh well yeah of course yeah yes so i ate at bob's chop house in tucson at the omni i was actually in tucson to uh to go watch mike stoops in arizona play and I stayed at the Omni there. They they brought out a cooked carrot, Tyler, that was about the size of a football. It was Ooh, insane. Yes. And it nice. tasted like butter. It was awesome. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, no steak, please. I will just have the cooked carrots that I heard about. No, I'll, uh, I'll definitely have to try that. I, I think that's accurate is they know what they're in for, right? So I'm not going to get the most expensive steak, but somewhere in that mid-upper tier of cuts, I think you're good with it. The disrespectful thing to do, I think, is order five drinks. That's when I think you get out of line. If you have, like, five old fashions that are $18, that's when it's like, okay, dude, let's not take uh, too much advantage of the situation. But, all right, that's how I'm going to approach it. Thank you. I needed that. Yeah, don't don't walk in there and order a – a glass of 18-year-old Macallan or anything. Yeah, you know, just keep it respectful. But but at the same time, it's like they didn't invite you to saltgrass, which, hey, no slander to saltgrass. But they put butter on the top of those steaks. That's good eating. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, hey, there's nothing wrong with some saltgrass. All right, let's hit a quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. A couple of segments left. Tyler's hanging out there at the Omni. I'm here at Newcastle Casino. Stay tuned. Final hour of the rush on this Thursday. Riverwind Casino and Hotel bring the final hour of the rush live at the Omni Hotel in Oklahoma City, getting ready for the OU Coaches Caravan. Ref listeners all over the place. We've given away a ton of ref T-shirts, but we've still got plenty left. If you're heading to the event, show us you have the ref app, and you're going to walk away with the free T-shirt. And by the way, if you don't have the app, or if you're not going to be at the event tonight, download the app. You can listen to us wherever you're at, on the go, pre-game coverage for football games, post-game coverage for football games. The app is awesome, especially if you're out of the area. And uh, our app, Teddy, does not play that Days of the New song that everyone hates. i got to complain about that from someone in <laughs> Dallas. Just 
Download the Ref app. Search K-R-E-F in the App Store. You can get our app, and you're not going to hear that days of the new song uh, every day. Um, 100 days till kickoff. 100 days till kickoff. And I think it was ESPN ranked the 100 best games of the college football season. OU Texas is at number five. And that's interesting because I just asked you yesterday, hey, with Texas being so bad now for over a decade, has this rivalry lost its luster? Now, this is only one opinion, but that leads me to believe, Teddy, that no, it hasn't lost its luster when where there's so many great non-conference games this year, a major outlet still thinks it's going to be a top-five game this year. Well, the major outlet thinks it's going to be a top-five game this year because it has Texas next to it, and well, somehow – these people must be incentivized to continue to cover Texas the way that they do. Um, I, I don't know. I, it's hard to. It's a huge game. There's no doubt. Like my argument was was more about how do OU fans respond to it whenever, like we have Alabama, Georgia, and Florida on the schedule one season. You know. Or, you know, we've got a non-conference with Michigan coming up, and then you maybe you host Georgia that year, and then um, you're on the road at Bama. Or, you know, I I don't know how the schedules are going to fall in the future, but Texas has been the only, and I hate calling them a Tier 1 program, but they're covered like a Tier 1 program. They've been the only Tier 1 program on our schedule most years, other than big non-conference years, most years for the last, I don't years. know, well, 15 years. I mean, Nebraska years. was a Tier 1 program at one point Yeah, when you were playing them 20 years ago, you know. And so was K-State. So I'd say 15 years. Yeah. So the, yeah, the last 15 years, it's the only, it's the only name – that is considered a, a like some people even call it a blue blood, which we know it's not. But it's the only game that we've had every year, other than a, a non-conference game on some seasons, that is that type of matchup. And moving forward in the SEC, that's not going to be the case. So that's why I'm asking, like, how does it lose any of its luster at that point? Do you think we should always hire the band to play in the background of our shows? think people like that uh i like it now it doesn't come across in my headset very prominent but i know for you it's probably just a major pain <laughs> i'm gonna be at the westwood golf course tomorrow i'll just hire him to play off like the first tee box or something so we can have this you know <laughs> it'll be it'll be good hey no oh but but on that okay because i think you could be onto something now ou texas is a tradition for so many ou fans and i'm not I don't think for a second that that game's not going to be sold out in the future. But people that have gone there know that's an expensive weekend, man. It's hard to do a cheap OU Texas trip. But on the same hand, there's a lot of people really excited about getting to go to Alabama. Maybe it's their first time. Or LSU or Georgia. Like, you know the stops, whatever. If there's a year, especially early on, let's say OU plays at Alabama and, I don't know, at Ole Miss – will at least some people sacrifice the OU Texas trip to go to some of these newer venues in the SEC. Yeah. I don't know. 
Um, part of me thinks that. Part of me thinks that the 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 trip to Dallas is uh, you know what you're going to get. I think people are. They may go somewhere else in addition to that, but I don't think you're going to see people. I think yeah, that's not really something that you say. Yeah, when yeah. you're making cuts, I think OU fans are, well, we'll cut out the family vacation this year, but we're not going to cut out right. the OU Texas trip. Yeah, yeah. Well, you were mentioning about the, the Tier 1 opponents, too, that OU hasn't played, really, especially at home. I think, man especially if OU has a good year this year. Like, OU's rolling into the SEC, and that first one or two years especially, if they get Alabama at home, and Alabama continues to be really good, buddy, I think we could be talking about the most, the most, not one of the most, the most anticipated home game since Nebraska in 2000. If OU's good rolling in that league and Bama's still strong and Bama's coming to town early on, Oh, my God, that's going to be the most anticipated home game we've seen since, since October 2000. That oh, program, yeah. oh, man. Yep. Yep. I just I just hope that, and this is kind of what you've heard Venables talk about, I just hope that we are we are peaking whenever we transi- transition to the SEC, and I hope our schedule is a daunting one. Yeah. I, I hope we take a great football team into the toughest schedule they can throw at us. Yep. I, I don't I, I want I want to go in there and start earning respect instantly. So Yeah, because no one's really been able to do that. I know that Missouri won the SEC East their first two years, but Teddy, that's that wasn't because Missouri was just, you know, peaking in some dominant program. It's because the SEC East sucked when they rolled into that league. Florida, Georgia were both down, and Tennessee was still swimming around trying to find its way. OU would really kind of be the first team in terms of major conferences to roll into a new league and make a statement because it's been more about teams struggling to adapt to a new conference. That would be a, a statement that even the national media couldn't ignore if they roll in, take the SEC's best punch, and deliver a haymaker back. Oh, yeah, man. And, and, hey, you want something that will help you out in recruiting? You want an SEC bump in recruiting? Buddy, that's the best bump that you can get. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah, the only way like, – you're going to have to – I mean, you're going to get an SEC bump no matter what. But if you if you want to start recruiting and, and you know, winning some of those battles against, like, the Alabamas and the Georgias, you're going to have to go in there and earn it by beating them. Like that's the only way to do it is to yeah. is to go well, beat them. I uh, let me ask you a recruiting question that I asked Parker earlier. Now it's not about a specific player; it's just kind of more about the situation. So we read that um, SI Now column uh, by uh, what? Who I forget who wrote it. I think it was uh, whoever it was. Anyway, he had the here's the three six model, and we're going to take a guess at to what OU's three six model could look like. It had Texas, you play Texas every year, you play Missouri every single year, and then you play Florida every single year, to which we said, oh, wow, that's a, that'd be a surprise, but that'd be really cool to get to play Florida. Would it be extremely beneficial for OU? Because they're trying to get in Georgia, they're trying to get in Florida in recruiting right now. they got a ton of offers in those two, in those two states. 
Should we hope, should the staff hope, that if they do something like the 3-6 model, that OU gets a Georgia or a Florida or someone else in that area of the country on the schedule every single year to have that presence every other couple of years where you're playing a game down there? Or does that not matter? Well, I don't think you have to have the 3-6 model for that. You know, um, if you're playing, if you're doing the 1-7, which I think is stupid, why it can't just be the 1-8? But if you're playing... If you're playing nine conference games in the SEC and you don't play in that region, something's dramatically wrong, right? Yeah, yeah, that's fair. But that's fair. yes, like if you would be linked with linked with the Florida or um I guess the only Georgia. one that makes sense would be yeah, they're not gonna link OU with Georgia. I don't think so either, but I don't, I mean, I didn't think they'd link OU and Florida together, and this is just purely a guess by by him, yeah. but I just, I don't know, I thought it was interesting. Best case scenario is you get linked with the Georgia, and you start running Georgia every single year. That's, that, that's a statement in recruiting. Well, here's my question is, the 3-6 the model and, like, the three permanent opponents, I – my question is, what does permanent mean? Does that mean, like, once they link you with these teams, like, you can never change them again? Is that what they're saying? Because well, I, want, I want no part of that. Yeah. I, I think, like anything else, man, they'd probably do it for ten years or so, and then they would rotate the three is what I'm guessing. It would probably be intended to be permanent, but like anything else, it would be changed. I mean, everything's changing in college football, and I'm sure that would too at some point. Golly. Yeah, you know, for the most of college football, I guess it's it's been a little bit di- different here recently because of some court orders, but typically change happens in college football like, my God, it takes – multiple decades for anything to happen at all yep you know so i don't know we'll see all right quick timeout final timeout and then we'll come back and wrap this sucker up tyler's there at the omni for the final suitor caravan stop i'm hanging out here at newcastle casino stay tuned all right final segments Live from the Omni in Oklahoma City, OU Coaches Caravan. We're getting underway in eh, about 35 minutes or so. So want something to do tonight? If you're in the Oklahoma City area, come by. Soonersports.com slash caravan. A few tickets are still available. And if you're making your way over here now, show us that you have the Ref app. And you're going to get a free Ref t-shirt. We've been giving away a ton of t-shirts today to a lot of loyal Ref listeners. It's been a lot of fun going to all these caravans throughout the past month. It's been a good time, and uh, we've had great turnouts at all these caravans uh, all across the region here. So, McCade Matower, transfer offensive lineman on the team, he has a younger brother, Mabry Matower. That's a pretty big-time yeah. quarterback prospect in the state of Texas. He tweeted out a graphic today, Teddy, that just said, like, OU offensive line at the bottom. It had Anton Harrison at the far left, McCade Matower next to him, Andrew Rame in the middle, Chris Murray to the right of Andrew Rame and Wanye Morris on the far right side. I don't know if this kid is in the business of predicting what OU's offensive line is going to look like, but that looks pretty good to me so far. That that starting five, I think that's what it might be. Yeah, I think that's I think that's likely. 
Um, I think there's there's maybe a couple of guys that could battle for some of those spots, but I think that's probably one of your uh, most likely scenarios for offensive line play. And frankly, I feel like that group could end up being pretty strong um, for a couple of reasons. I, I think they're it's a big physical bunch, and I think the scheme is going to like the previous schemes were difficult on the offensive line, and frankly, I don't know that it necessarily got the best out of some of the offensive line skill set. Um, what they're going to be doing now is a little more traditional, and I think because of that, they've got. I think there's going to be an ability for them to dominate. Yeah, I do. Hey, we've only we only got about 35 seconds left, but um, an observation from that. Anton Harrison, 12 starts last year. McCabe Tower, he's played some ball. Andrew Rame, he's played here before. Mm-hmm. Chris Murray and Wanye Morris. I know Wanye didn't play just a ton last year in terms of starts, but you, you got some start. You got some real experience with this offensive line. Got some good experience, and uh, the new way that that they run the program, a new style of practicing. It's going to be a tough, tough group, and Schmitty is probably going to get more out of the offensive line than any other position group out there. Hope so. And I think that's going to help Bill Biedenboe, uh also get the most out of those guys too. All right, man. See you that's Tuesday. That's it. Yep. Um, appreciate everyone for the text messages. Uh, appreciate the Omni and obviously Newcastle Casino for hosting us today. Thank you to Pacifico as well. Go have a cold one.